Morning, everyone. Congratulations to the uh, class of 2022. It makes me feel a bit old. I was the class of 2015, but I've made Breathe My Home, and I've flourished and thrived, and I've loved every minute. So you guys are doing great, and yeah, congratulations to you all. Uh, so yeah, this morning, as Sarah mentioned, I am concluding the I Am series, um, where we've looked at some of the I Am statements that Jesus makes about himself, um, to explain a bit about himself, to um, explain a bit about his character, and I've absolutely loved it. Um, we've had messages interspersed with guest speakers, which has been wonderful, uh, but we've had messages on I am the way, the truth, and the life, I'm the bread of life, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the resurrection and the life, I am the door, and I really wanted to encourage you this morning that if you've missed any of those messages, maybe, you know, you've want to listen back to them again, then please do go and listen to them. They're available on YouTube, Spotify, all those kinds of usual places. Um, but go back and listen to them. It's been great to understand and get a deeper revelation of who Jesus is. And when we do that, as a double whammy, we kind of understand ourselves more as well. We get a deeper revelation of who we are because of Jesus as well. So do that. Go back and listen. Dig into this series. I think it's been great. Um, so today I'm conclu- I am concluding uh, by looking at I am the vine. And I was made up when I was given this bit of scripture, this I am statement to talk about, because it's one of my favourite passages in scripture. It always has been. Um, which is a little bit ironic, really, because this portion of scripture, it talks about I am the vine, it talks about fruit and branches and pruning. And really, the irony is that I am the least green-fingered person that ever existed. I am absolutely awful at gardening. It is not one of my strengths. I know some of my strengths. I know some of my weaknesses. Gardening is definitely a weakness of mine. Um, And I remember, actually, we made... I won't say the mistake, but we made maybe a little error. When we bought our current house, we we bought it and we looked around the first week of January... Um, The house was wonderful. We absolutely loved it. We took one look at the garden and we thought, "Mm, that looks manageable. Considering that we come from a terrace house with no garden at all. There was like one or two bushes. We thought, "That's, that's fine. That won't be a problem. When we moved in in April, May time, it was a completely different situation. There were bushes everywhere. There was rhubarb and roses and daffodils, all the lovely stuff, but all really random stuff that I had no idea what it was as well. And it was completely overwhelming. And if you were a guest in our house for those first kind of 18 months, at some point I probably dragged you out into the garden being like, what is this? Please help me. Do I cut it? Do I let it go? Do I kill it? I don't know. It's not a strength of mine, but all of that is to say, really, that this morning, you're not going to be getting any gardening advice from me. Don't worry. But even if you're not that way inclined, I know lots of you are here, but even if you're like me and you struggle with gardening, do not worry. There is something in this passage of scripture for you. It's my favorite passage or one of them. So we're going to start just by reading it together. Um, So it's from John chapter 15, uh, and it's verses 1 through to 8. We've got it on the screen, thank you. Um, It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. 
it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. There is so much in just those couple of verses. Um, And one of the things that I love about this particular I am statement is that not only in this scripture do we say, we hear Jesus say, I am the vine, but he also says, my father is the gardener. He says, you are the branches. It's like a three in one, three for the price of one when it comes to this statement, because not only do we find out who Jesus is, but he also tells us about the father. He tells us about ourselves as well. But this morning, in the interest of time, we are just focusing on Jesus as the vine today. Um, And what I'm going to do, I'm going to look at some of the different functions, purposes, um, the different kind of roles of a vine, things that a vine does, which I think can help us to learn about the nature and the character of Jesus. And I've gone all out this morning I've really committed because not only have I dressed like a vine in my lovely green viney dress, um, but this week I also went and found you a vine to have a look at. So this week I was was on holiday in Cornwall. We went to the Eden Project and we've got a photo to share. This is a vine. In my own photo that I took, just to prove it, that is me with said vine. Uh, so, if you just knock it back one, so you can see. So you can see this is the vine. It's like this thick, chunky thing that comes across, and then there's all these branches that go off it. If you put the proper picture on, the one that's not my picture, uh, it shows you it a little bit better. That's it. So this is a vine. So um, the vine comes out the ground, goes across, and then you've got all of these branches coming up the top. It's a grapevine. That's what Jesus would have been talking about. That's what was really common um, at the time and what would have been really familiar for everyone who Jesus was speaking to would be a grapevine. They got, obviously, they got grapes. They got wine from it. It's what they, they drank a lot of. So everyone would have been familiar with this illustration. But for those of you who maybe never knew what a grapevine looked like before, this is it. It doesn't look like a particularly healthy one, but it shows you the, the structure of it anyway. It's, a, it's in the winter, obviously, that one. Um, so, like I said, we're going to look at some of these different functions of the vine this morning. And the first one that I want to talk about um, is that the vine sustains. This is one of the roles of a vine for the plant. The vine sustains. It is the life source of the plant. Um, Without it, there is no plant. Without the vine, you don't have any branches. Um, And the vine sustains the plant by sucking up the water and distributing it, distributing the water and the nutrients to all of the branches to keep them alive, to keep them thriving, to keep them healthy and flourishing. And in a similar way, that is what Jesus does for us. He is our sustainer. 
Jesus gives us what we need to, to live, but not just to live, to thrive and to flourish as well. He provides for our physical needs. Um, we see throughout his ministry, you know, he healed people. He provided for them physically. He fed people. Um, but he does more than that as well. Yes, he meets our physical needs, but he also sustains us spiritually. He sustains us in that way as well. He refreshes us. John 7, verse 37 Um, It says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Jesus refreshes us. We all know what it's like to be thirsty. It's human nature to be thirsty at times. I, um, I remember this one time when I was in high school and I think we'd had like a sports afternoon or something so I drank all my water, got really hot and sweaty playing sports and it was time to get the bus home and because I, I was one of the cool kids who sat on the top deck of the bus on the way home um, but the bus broke down on the way home and we were sat stood still for like 45 minutes an hour and I was so thirsty. I remember feeling so sick and like just yeah just feeling awful because of how thirsty I was. But that refreshing of that glass of water when I got home, it was like life. There's no other way to describe it, just feeling like you've come back to life. A simple glass of water can have that effect when we're thirsty. And that is what Jesus wants to do with us as well. He wants to refresh us. He wants to be that life for us. He brings constant refreshing to us in all seasons. The, um, the grapevine image that we, we're looking at, those, those vines, they grow in really hot climates where it's really dry, um, where they don't get a lot of water, um, but it still sustains the plant through those seasons. Jesus does the same for us, even in the hard seasons, even in the times where it feels like a bit of a drought, where maybe, maybe you're going through a, a season of disappointment or a season of waiting or a season of mourning. You know, there are some really hard things that we can go through, but Jesus sustains it, sustains us through it all. It says in the John scripture, John 15, that if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. We can all feel like that at times, but the promise is that if we remain in him and remain connected to him, that we will be sustained and we will be refreshed. So the vine sustains The second one, and there's four in case I didn't tell you this morning, in case you're wondering. I've gone a bit cheeky and done one extra than normal, there's four. The second one is that the vine strengthens. The vine strengthens. If we can just have the picture back up, please, Lizzie, who's doing a great job for her first day on tech this morning. Well done. Thank you. Um, You can see the vine itself is thicker and chunkier and brings real stability to the plant. The branches on the top look a little bit weedy in comparison to it. Um, But it brings stability, it brings strength to the plant so that when the storms come, when the wind comes, when the drought comes, when the rain comes, that that plant can stay sturdy and stay stable. For the branches, connection to the vine brings stability and strength. And for us, being connected to Jesus brings stability to our lives too. It's not that we don't experience the storms, because we we do. No one is immune to it. Life is hard at times. It really can be. But when we realise and when we know that we are connected 
to Jesus, we're connected to the Prince of Peace. We're connected to the miracle worker. We're connected to the Son of God. What shakes us, and, or what would have shaken us and swayed us, doesn't have to have that same effect. When we know who we're connected to, it brings us strength. And when I talk about being connected to Jesus, it's not, you know, if you look at a, a branch and connected to a vine, it's not like taped on loosely, is it? It's not like blue tacked on or, you know, just resting in place. It is connected. It's hard to tell where the vine ends and the branch begins because they're, they're one. They're the same thing. And that is the same with us in Jesus. When we accept him in our lives, when we, when we start that journey with him, we become one and he lives within us. We're so intrinsically linked. And when we realize that that is how connected we are to Jesus, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry. We don't have to feel weak. We can be strong because we are connected to Jesus. So, so what might be shaking you at the moment? What, what might you be afraid of? Or what are you even, you know, what maybe you're not going through it at the moment, but maybe you're fearing a season ahead. Maybe there's something on the horizon for you that you're, you're worried about. I want you to really take encouragement this morning. Just picture that image of the branch connected to the vine. That is you so connected to Jesus. Take comfort in that. Hunker down into that and trust that with Jesus, you don't have to be afraid because you are not alone. You are never alone. You may feel weak, but connected to the vine, you have all the strength that you need and more. The vine strengthens us. The the third one is that the vine enables growth. We all know that if you cut off a vine, sorry, if you cut off a branch from the vine, it doesn't grow. It starts to wither and die. That's what Jesus said in the scripture. We all know that to be true. So therefore, if we're connected to the vine, sorry, if a branch is connected to the vine, then it will grow. And in the same way, when we remain connected to Jesus, we grow. For some of us, it might be easy to think about a time in our life before we knew Jesus. For some of us, we might have been a Christian for so long that we we struggle to to, to cast our minds back to those times. But it's almost like before we knew Jesus, our lives, and we might not have liked to have heard it, but our lives were quite limited, quite small. We had quite self-centered at times. But actually, when you discover Jesus, when you um, start that relationship with him, It's like your eyes are open to this whole new world. There are just endless possibilities. You get to discover this great God who has an amazing plan, an amazing purpose for your life. Um, A God who has things in store for you that you could never have even imagined before you knew him. And that causes you to grow. It causes you to step up and to step into that. And we kind of go on this journey of discipleship, really, don't we? Of discovering who God has created us to be. Of discovering that plan, discovering that purpose. We step into that, we grow into that. And as we mature, we start to produce fruit. It sounds a little strange, doesn't it, to think that we produce fruit. 
we don't have you know apples and oranges and things growing off of us it just sounds a bit weird um, but fruit is what comes from being connected to the vine so what what does it mean for us to be fruitful um, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 it says for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do we were created to do good works that is what it means to be fruitful it means to produce good things with our lives that's who we were created to be it's what we were created to do and producing fruit can mean so many different things for each and every one of us producing fruit could mean something really practical really creative maybe you could make things that's being fruitful um, you can be fruitful um, financially you can be fruitful um, by having children expanding your family that's a way of being fruitful you can be fruitful in so many other ways though you can be fruitful um, through your words by speaking life to people, by speaking wisdom um, and encouragement, that is being fruitful. And ultimately, if we're still not sure about what fruit looks like in our lives, um, then we've got a nice little list of what the fruit can look like in our lives from the Bible as well. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, lists the fruit of the Spirit. And if anyone like me has been through Kids Church, I'm sure you've got a little song, a little action sequence going right now to relay these for you. I'll let you do that in your head. Well, you can do it out loud if you want. Well, my one was different to the Kids Church one here, so I will really look, I'll look a bit silly. But the fruit of the Spirit... Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness too. Gentleness and self-control. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jess. I really appreciate you being there for me in that moment. The fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> this is the list here. Love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Anything that you do to grow those things in your life is being fruitful. Anything that you do to grow those things in other people is being fruitful. That's who God created you to be, to be growers of these things um, in your life and in other people's as well. And the reassuring thing is that it's a really natural process. It's a natural thing. Fruit grows naturally. Um, and as, as I was kind of praying about this this morning and, and throughout the worship as well, I just felt like sharing for someone or maybe a, a couple of people either here or watching online or watching back. Um, I felt like maybe you might have written yourself off when it comes to being fruitful or doing good things with your life. Um, maybe because of a lack of self-confidence or insecurities. Um, maybe because you spend so much time comparing yourself to other people and looking at the fruit in other people's life. Or maybe you feel like you've done so many bad things, so many rubbish things in your life that you can't be used for good. Um, I just wanted to tell you this morning, please don't write yourself off. Because you were created for good works. You were created to be fruitful. Um, and your fruit will be as unique and wonderful and as amazing as you are. It might not look the same as someone else's. 
Thank goodness it doesn't look the same as someone else's. Um, but it will come, and it is a natural process. There's no striving in it. There's no straining. Just stay connected to Jesus. Stay in relationship with Jesus, and the fruit will come. That is the promise. The fruit will come. And the fruit is there for us to enjoy. We get to enjoy the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the goodness, all of those things. We get to enjoy them for ourselves. But more than that, and something that I just wanted to touch on, is that it's for other people. The fruit in your life, it's for you to enjoy, but it's also to point other people towards Jesus. So that when you go through those storms, when you show that peace, people notice that. And they think, you know, why isn't Becky flapping like everyone else? And so you can say it's because of God. It's because of Jesus. It's because of his good work in my life. That points people to him. So the fruit is for us, but just as much, if not more, it's for other people to enjoy and other people to notice as well. So, the vine sustains, the vine strengthens, the vine enables growth. And the last one is that the vine unites. The vine unites. Have you ever seen two branches or two twigs that look exactly the same? I, I haven't. <laughs> Which is weird because considering, you know, even just the same plant, each branch will look different will look unique. It will be a different length. It will be a different colour. It'll have notches and twists and turns and grow in different directions to other branches. No two branches look the same. Yet when it comes to the, the vine, you know, these branches, as different as they are, they're connected, they're one, they're part of the same thing because they are connected to the vine. And that is exactly the same for us. You know, as different and as unique and as individual as we all are, we are connected by the vine that is Jesus. We each have our own lives, we have our own callings, we have our own friendship groups, our own families, our own streets, our neighbourhoods, um, our own areas of influence and directions that we grow in. But we are connected by Jesus. We are united in him sometimes think we're actually a really bit of a random bunch, aren't we? Like, where else would we all be coming together um, and interacting with one another um, other than to gather around Jesus? To gather around the purpose of loving Jesus and making disciples. And you know, that, is, that is who we, we're gathered around. We're gathered around Jesus. We're not, we're not a club. We're not a clique. We're not... Um, well, we are a charity, but we're not just a charity. We're not just an organization. We're so much more than that. We are people focused and gathered, united by Jesus. And that is so true for us as Breathe New Life, for us sat here today and watching online. Um, but it's also true of Christians across the country, the national church, the global church, we are connected to so many people, so many other Christians across the world. They are branches, just as we are, of the same vine of Jesus. That just blows my mind to think of how I'm a part of something so much bigger than just me. It's so exciting to be a part of something so huge and so vast as the global church. Yet yeah, I've got a part to play in that. And so have you. And it just makes, it just, yeah, it excites me, it encourages me, but it also 
um, it shows me that you know we're not insignificant as well. You are not insignificant. You are a branch of that vine. When you flourish and thrive and produce fruit, we all benefit because of that. When you suffer and you struggle, we feel that too. We hurt with you when you hurt, but when you thrive, when you flourish, (laughs) we get to live in the goodness and experience the goodness of that as well. So I wanted to just keep encouraging us to champion one another. Let's keep encouraging one another and to stay connected to Jesus, to remain in Jesus, um, to to make sure that we can see each other flourish and thrive because we are one, we are part of the same vine, we are connected in Jesus, we are united, we're all parts of that same whole. So the thing that I keep coming back to today, and I think I must have said it about a hundred (laughs) times, is that it's so important to be connected to Jesus to be connected to the vine, to remain in the vine. It's completely crucial. And that's that's not just um, because of my own experience that I can say that, although it is true, the times when I've walked closely with Jesus have been so much better than the times when I put a bit of distance there. But I know that it's crucial and I know that it's important because Jesus says it so often himself. We're going to go back and we're going to read John 15 again. And I just want you to count, as we read it, how many times Jesus instructs us to remain. How many times he promises to remain in us. So let's read it again. I can find it. No, I'll read it from the screen. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Did anyone get a count? Lots. Eight. Well done, Sarah. It was. It was eight. So the fact that Jesus says this eight times in quite a short space of time tells me that it's got to be important. It also tells me that maybe it's quite hard for us at times to remain. Maybe it goes against our nature. I know anyone who's got small children will know that remaining in one place for any length of time is so hard. So hard. But this is more, when Jesus says remain, it's more than an instruction just to stay put. It's more than that. When we look at the actual, uh, the root of the word, some of the other translations of the word that are used for the word remain, it means to abide in, to dwell in. The, uh, the message translation uses the, the phrasing, instead of remain in me, it says make your home in me. Dwell in me, live in me. To make your home is to become familiar 
to get comfortable. That's what Jesus is asking us to do, to make our home in him. You know, when, when you give your life to Jesus, when you accept that salvation, when you accept that forgiveness, that is, that's wonderful, that is amazing. And if you haven't done that today and would like that opportunity, please, please come and speak to one of the prayer team or someone in a lanyard or someone who you came with today. Uh, we'd love to support you and encourage you in that. It is, it is wonderful. But that is the start. That's the start of a journey of making your home in Jesus. It's the start of that discipleship process, of deepening your connection with him, of um, abiding and dwelling in him. You know, there's, there's such a difference between um, knowing someone as a guest, you know, having someone come around to your house as a guest, and actually being at home and being completely comfortable with someone. When we have guests around, um, the rubbish gets put in a room that I know the guests will not go and look in. Um, the hoover comes out and the Yankee candle goes on. That's when Rob knows that we've got guests coming around because the Yankee candle goes on. It's not really used any other time. Um, and we love having guests around. We do. We love it. But it's not quite the same as just being at home with your family, just being completely who you are. That's when the messy bun stays in and the dressing gown stays on. And, you know, you're just at home. You're just comfortable. That is what Jesus wants for us. He doesn't just want to be that, that guest who you kind of put everything away for and put your best front on. He wants you to be completely yourself. He's not ashamed of your mess. He doesn't want you to be ashamed of your mess. He is quite happy to meet you exactly where you are and to sit in it with you. He'll go on that journey of helping you, but it's not a barrier to a relationship with him at all. So what I wanted to leave you with today, I suppose, is just the question, you know, is, is Jesus still a guest? Is that who he is for you? Do you meet him once a week on a Sunday? Do you kind of put on your, your best front for him? Or is Jesus a part of the family? Is Jesus your home, your resting place? And it's not a quick jump from guest to family member. We, all, we know that it's a process, it's a journey. But by spending time with him, by reading about him, by learning about him like we've been doing over these past couple of weeks, by praying and talking to him, we can grow in our relationship with him. We can become more comfortable. We can become more authentic, more free in our relationship with him. We can get those junk cupboards out. Um, and not have to hide the mess from him, but we can allow him into that as well. So the promise, just to finish, and I like to finish on a promise. I just want to go back and want to read verse 7 and 8 to you again of John 15. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Guys, if we remain in Jesus, we can ask for whatever we want. We can ask for whatever we want. We will bear much fruit and we will show ourselves to be disciples to other people. We just have to remain connected. Make your home in Jesus and remain in him. Remain, remain, remain. I'm going to pray just to close. God, I thank you so much uh, for, for Jesus. 
Jesus, I thank you that you wanted a relationship with us so much that you were willing to die on that cross for us. Jesus, I thank you that there is so much more to know about you, to understand about you, to experience of you. I thank you that you are our strength, you are our sustenance. Jesus, I thank you that you are our everything. And I pray this morning that you would help us go on that journey, whether it's first steps or next steps, of of making our home in you, of deepening our intimacy with you, of learning more, discovering more, trusting more in you and who you are. I pray that we would all grasp a hold of that today, that we would all take that with us and spend time focusing and thinking and praying and learning more about you. Thank you, God, that you promised to meet us where we're at. In Jesus' name, amen.